God's presence is with us. You are not alone. I am love, and I love him. We are the light. Fusion, what's up? I need everybody on your feet. Everybody up, everybody up, everybody up. And it's just, just about you guys. I just want you guys to give yourselves a round of applause for coming out, braving this rain. Celebrate yourselves. Thank you. You may be seated. It wasn't about me. It was about you guys. There was a sinkhole on Brook Hollow right up the street that swallowed a 20-foot pole this morning. Yeah. And then with all the rain, it's been crazy, so traffic's been crazy all day. That's why we actually held the doors a little while. So just so you guys know, we will not be starting this late every week, so don't be thinking I could just show up this late, and that's when we'll be starting. We actually held the doors because we knew people might be held up, and we wanted to give you guys the opportunity to experience everything. Do you guys appreciate that? We appreciate you. So we're in a new series tonight. You guys ready for it? How many of you guys enjoyed the Firestarter series? Yeah. That was our January series. That's how we started off the year. We were talking about God wanting to start a fire in your life. The funny thing is, last week, as I was preparing the message for the last part of the Firestarter series, God dropped a whole new series on me. And so last week's message was really a bridge into a new series. I just didn't have a name for it yet. And so we started out talking about roots in the river. That's what last week's message was called. It was about putting your trust in God. It was based on Jeremiah 17 where God says, those who trust in the Lord are like trees planted by a riverbank. And we talked about putting your roots down in Jesus, how your, where your trust is is planted, that's where your roots are placed. So your roots are your trust. And so we went from talking about God being fire to God being water and how God is that endless source of everything you need. So last week, I didn't have a name for the series, but now I do. Are you guys ready for it? Y'all ready? Are you sure? All right. When you see the name of the series, just know I'm not playing. I'm being serious. All right. This is a very serious matter. So we're talking about God being water. We're talking about him being a source. And the name of this series is, do we have the graphic for it? Maybe we don't. But I can tell you that the name of the series is The Thirst is Real. I told y'all I'm being serious. I'm not playing. Ah, see, The Thirst is Real. God is an endless source of everything we need. He compares himself to all these different things that he's created to give us an understanding of different aspects of who he is. So he is an all-consuming fire. He will send his spirit and consume you like a fire. But how many of you guys know that he won't just burn you up? He'll also feed you when you're thirsty cool you down, be everything that you need, that cool refresher on a hot day. God is everything that we need, but we need him. 
We thirst for him. Let me, I actually have a definition of what thirst is. Two pieces of it. One is lack of the liquid needed to sustain life. And the other is a strong desire for something. The thirst is real. We all need something in life. And the most important thing that we can get a hold of is God. He is our source. We were talking about it last week. When we put our trust in him, we have everything that we need. In that message, we talked about how when your roots are down deep, he says that you'll be able to sustain when the drought comes and when the heat comes. And so no matter what the circumstances are in life, when your trust is in him, you'll be able to endure. So here, we're not just talking about God being a river. That was last week's message. This week, we're talking about a different aspect of him. We're talking about God being rain. How appropriate. On a day where it's pouring rain, and when I saw on the forecast last night that it's going to rain, I thought, God, you're not playing. You serious about this? Jesus said in John 7, 37, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. Anyone who is thirsty. That means anybody who has a lack of what they need in life can come to Jesus. Anyone who has a strong desire for their source in life can come to Jesus. And my main point, if you don't walk away with anything else tonight, I just want to tell you from the top, the main point of this message is it's good to need God. Some of you guys may not understand that. It's good to need God. How many of you guys know what it's like to need something? How many of you guys have some needs in your life right now? You might need some money. I'm going to bring that up probably every service because we're young adults. We haven't fully arrived yet. That's okay. It's okay to need something. You might need some better friendships. We're designed, we're interdependent beings. We're designed to need to connect. God created Adam and said it's not good for the man to be alone. He needs some connection, some relationship with somebody that's like him. So it's okay to have needs. But ultimately, God is the source that provides every single thing that we need. So it's good to need God. We were talking about the river last week. Some of you guys might still not know what that means if you weren't here last week, but it's okay because this week we're talking about rain and we're going to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 11. Everybody say Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. It doesn't just roll off the tongue, but there's a lot of good stuff in Deuteronomy. This is God talking to the Israelites. God sets up this plan to redeem all of humanity when they've fallen away in sin. And he starts with one man, Abraham, and says, 
I'm going to start with you. I'm going to create a whole nation out of you. And then through that nation, I'm going to reconcile the entire world to me. And so Abraham has a son named Isaac. Isaac has a son named Jacob. Jacob has a son named Joseph. Joseph rules in Egypt after a crazy situation. He rules in Egypt, and then his family comes during a drought. So they come, and they're living in Egypt. Next thing you know, a bunch of years pass. Nobody remembers who Joseph is. Israelites, Abraham's family, ends up enslaved in Egypt for 400 years. After that, you guys may have seen it. You may have seen the prince of Egypt. And so you know the story that God frees the Israelites from Egypt, and he tells them that he's going to take them somewhere. And so that's where we're picking up in this story. Deuteronomy 11.10, God tells them, the land you are entering to take over is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you planted your seed and irrigated it by foot as in a vegetable garden. Some of y'all are already lost. Y'all know nothing about agriculture. It's okay. We're going to get to it. But the land you are crossing the Jordan, that's a river, to take possession of is a land of mountains and valleys that drinks rain from heaven. It is a land the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to its end. That's deep. God is telling them that the place he's taking them is very different than the place that they've come from. And he talks about what they were doing in terms of agriculture. And some of you guys got lost. I did when I first read it. So I said, what is the difference between Egypt and the place that he's taking them? I'm going to tell you what the difference is. Egypt is in the middle of something called the Sahara Desert. Has anybody ever heard of the Sahara Desert? Has anybody ever been in a desert? It's hot. It's dry. That's pretty much the definition of a desert. It's super dry. And so it doesn't rain much in Egypt at all. But they were still an agricultural society. So how do you have an agricultural society in a place where it doesn't rain? Well, they had the Nile River. And every year the Nile would flood and it would water the soil, and it would create temporarily so, uh, fertile soil because it had just gotten hydrated. But it only flooded once a year, so eventually it would need more water. And so the Egyptians were genius. They were super crafty. They set up an entire system where they could water their crops. They set up these systems that would bring water from the Nile and water their crops all year round. They didn't need rain. And so they took what they had, they created their own system, and by their own efforts, they were able to be self-sufficient and self-sustaining. Why does that matter? God said, the place you're going to is not like that place where you were able to do everything on your own. The place I'm taking you to drinks rain from heaven. The place you came from didn't need rain. 
so you didn't need me. But the place I'm taking you to, you will always have a need for me. I have to send rain in order for you to flourish. I have to move in order for you to flourish. God is saying to some of you that the place he's taking you to is a place where you will always need him, and it's good to need God. It's good to need God because God is faithful. And he said, you'll always need me. You'll always need me to send rain, but I will. He said that it is a land that the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to its end. So, it's good to need God. It's good to be thirsty. That thirst is real, but it's good to be thirsty. It's good to need God. And I would present to you that just like the Israelites, if you are walking with Jesus, you will always be relying on rain. And that's the title of tonight's message, Relying on Rain. I told you guys last week about some of my story, how I went through this season in my life where I was training under this business person, and he was training me to take over this multi-million dollar company. God showed me over a matter of the time that I was working there that the lifestyle that he was training me to live was not consistent with what God had for me, and this was a stop on the journey. And that was difficult for me to accept. It was difficult for me to deal with. Because I had set up a little Egypt in my life, multi-million dollar company, I'd be self-sufficient. I wouldn't need anything. How many of you guys have heard that you need to be self-sufficient? Everything in the world is telling you that. You got to save better Set up your retirement for 50 years from now. You got to be prepared for everything. Can't have any debt. Can't make any poor decisions. And you're constantly on this cycle, in this rat race, trying to achieve what the world is telling you that you need. And how many of you guys know that Egypt, ancient Egypt, is famous for everything that they did? But one of the things we talked about last week was as a tree, a tree can grow either by a riverbank, right by the water, or a tree can actually grow out in the desert. It can grow. It can send its roots down far enough to find water underground, and it can grow. But what we talked about was, what's the point of growing in a place you weren't called to? And so Egypt, great, awesome pyramids, all that stuff. But what's the point of any of that if y'all didn't have God? If you've become your own gods, which is what they were in their eyes. Pharaoh considered himself God. So God came and shut that down. Came through, showed himself, showed his glory, took his people out, and said, I'm going to show you who the true God is. And part of my character is I want a relationship with you. And so the way I'm going to set this up is so that you're in a place where you always need me. And so we'll always be in a relationship, but I will always have 
what you need. And I will always be willing to provide you with what you need. Amen? So, for me, God took me from this place where I had set up what was looking like a great Egypt in my life where I was going to be super self-sufficient. I walked away from that into I didn't know what I was going to do next. And for the past few years was walking through somewhat of a wilderness because that's the next place that God took them, out of Egypt where they were self-sufficient through a wilderness. And what was the point of that wilderness season? He was consistently showing them his character, consistently showing them who he is, that they could trust him so that when they got to the place he was taking them to, they would already know who he is because they're going to need him there. Some of you guys don't understand that where you're at right now is where God wants you. That was the issue with the Israelites is they were in the wilderness constantly saying, Ah, I hate this wilderness. You brought us out here to die. We don't have any water. We don't have any food. So God sends bread from heaven. He sends birds from heaven. Moses strikes a rock. Water comes out constantly. They're, they're being led by a cloud by day, and at nighttime it would be a pillar of fire. They're constantly seeing God. They're constantly in his presence, constantly seeing him move in their lives, but never able to grasp what he's doing. Never able to grasp what he's trying to show them. You might be in a wilderness season in your life. God wants you to grasp what he's trying to show you. God took me out of a place that felt self-sufficient to a place where I felt like I had nothing that I needed. I then started dating my now fiance in that season, going from self-sufficiency to I don't know what I'm about to do. It's unfortunate that we started dating at this time in my life. <laughs> because as the man, you're supposed to have it figured out. What's your five-year plan, bro? What's that credit looking like? What's the savings looking like? You're supposed to have this all mapped out, right? That's what the world says. But God, in his infinite wisdom, was taking me a different route so that I would be able to be in the right kind of relationship with him for where he was taking me, which is here. And I didn't even know it in a place where I'm relying on him. We can't do this without Jesus. We can't do this self-sufficiently. We have to have God. God had to cultivate a relationship in me through the place, through the way that he was taking me and then bring me here. So you're on a journey. God is taking you on a journey. And I want to talk about three characteristics of the journey to your purpose tonight. Point one is God is leading you out of a place where you have relied on your own efforts into a place where you must rely on him. God is leading you out of a place where you have relied on your own efforts into a place where you kind of sometimes have to rely on him. No. 
must rely on him. Israelites cannot control rain. You guys can see that today. We can't control rain. We can't control when it rains. Half the time we feel inconvenienced by it because we don't live in an agricultural society where we appreciate that. We live in an industrial society where that's inconvenient because it's causing traffic. But for them, if it didn't rain, nothing they needed was getting done. They didn't have the food that they needed. If it didn't rain, they needed God. I need you guys to understand, and God needs you to understand that where he is taking you is not to this mysterious place where you'll just always feel like you're walking in purpose and fulfillment and all this stuff. It's a journey, and you'll always need him. And if you don't, you're in a dangerous place. That's why he takes you out of Egypt. Egypt didn't feel like they needed God, and that's a dangerous place to be in. Are you guys thankful for a God who wants to take you out of a dangerous place? I am. Are you thankful for a God who loves you so much that he will take you out of a place where you feel like everything is all good because he knows it's not? I felt like owning a multi-million dollar company was all good. All good. Told you guys last week, oh, man, I could do so much good with this money. Make an impact. But most of the time, when we're working in our own efforts, we just consume everything for ourselves. And so we deceive ourselves into thinking, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to make God happy by doing this, because I think that's what God wants. And we never involve him in the plan. God wants to take you out of a place where you're relying on your own efforts into a place where you must rely on him because that's how you stay in relationship with him for the long haul. This is a place of humility, though. How many of you guys like being humbled? Nobody does not feel good. A few messages ago, I brought a mop up on stage, and I was showing you guys how I went from about to own this multi-million dollar company to a few years later, I'm in a gym mopping the floors and cleaning the toilets. Finally got to a place where like, I didn't care. Didn't care what anybody thought. My identity was not found in what I was able to produce with my hands or what I was able to produce with my own efforts. It was just in who I am, in Jesus. That's the place that God wants to get you to so that he can take you to the place of purpose and destiny and impact, but you have to know that you need him in order for him to take you there, or you'll just turn that place into another Egypt where he's not able to move through it, where he's not able to be glorified. So now, even in my relationship, most of you guys know that we got a sponsored wedding. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We're getting married in June. She's awesome. Can't wait to meet you guys. She lives in Arizona, which is why I can't wait until June. <laughs> but even in getting a sponsored 
wedding. How many of you guys could guess there's still hiccups, bumps, rough patches where we need God? And I'm learning more and more all the time that where God is taking you, you will always need him. Venues back out, vendors back out, date has to change, all this stuff. But then he ends up providing something better. And it's just a place where we need him, where we can't take our eyes off of him, where we can't take our focus off of him just because of what he brought us. And that's a good place to be in. When God has you in a place where you have to pray, that's a good place to be in. Because you might not pray otherwise. And in his wisdom, he knows that. And he'll put you in a place where you got to do the right thing. Or at least you're more inclined to. You always have a choice. But when you know that the place he's bringing you is a place that you need him, you can have much better perspective. And you have to have the humility to accept that you need him. Because that's the only way he can elevate you. He said... Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and in due time he will exalt you. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. God's hand is what moves stuff. God's hand is what provides. Humble yourself under the fact that you need him, and in due time he will be able to place you in a place where you're exalted because he will be exalted there. But if you don't have the humility to even appreciate that, how can he put you there? So many of us wrestle with just that right there, the fact that God wants to be glorified through what we do. And we feel inconvenienced by it. I have in the past, like everything I got to do, everything I do has to point to you. That's how I felt. I felt boxed in. And I wrestled with that for a long time. And now... God brought me to a place of humility to understand that he's greater than anything that I could ever do. Why would something be done for me? Why would I do something that brings glory to me when I have nothing to offer you guys? I don't. He does. He's what you need. And so he's brought me to a place of recognizing that, and then he can place me here where I can speak to you guys because all I'm going to do is point you to him. He wants relationship with you, and that's why he brings you to a place where you have to rely on him. Second characteristic of the journey to purpose is the place that God brings you will have mountains and valleys. He said, the land you are crossing the Jordan to take possession of is a land of mountains and valleys that drinks rain from heaven. Some of y'all are like, okay, I don't know if we need the landscape. But there's a nugget in here. Some of you guys think that the journey to purpose is just one mountain that you're climbing that you eventually get to the top of. That's not how it works. God is bringing you to an entire land of opportunities and possibilities that will have ups and it will have downs. And when you can understand that, then you can recognize it when you get there. But if you're looking for just this one big mountain to climb up, you'll never even be able to recognize the place of purpose. That's why he gives them the landscape. The place he's bringing you to will have mountains and Valleys. David knew this very well. In Psalm 23, he said, 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So what I'll say about that is allow yourself to fully enjoy the mountaintop experiences because there will be highs and there will be lows. My struggle is a lot of times I've disconnected my emotions from stuff so much because I've been through all these different seasons in life that felt like disappointments that I just disconnected my emotions. And so not only would I not feel the negative emotions of a low place, but I wouldn't feel the positive emotions of a high place. And that's not what God wants for us. God is bringing you through a wilderness into a good land. Don't let the wilderness take the excitement out of you. Knock the positivity out of you. Knock the hope out of you. Knock the faith out of you. He's trying to build that in you through the wilderness. Build the faith by showing you his faithfulness. In the wilderness, if God can do this in the wilderness, surely he can do it in the promised land. So enjoy the mountaintop experiences. When you have a good experience, man, enjoy it. Soak it in. Don't be rushing through life so much that you're not experiencing the good times. My boy GJ is in here. Him and his lovely fiance, they're engaged Clap it up for them. Enjoy your engagement. This is a season. It's a season. Don't be so focused, because Lord knows, I'm focused on June 29th, 2019. (laughs) But there's also something God wants to do today. And if I'm so focused on four months from now, that I can't enjoy today, then I'm not valuing these days that God is giving me. David says to God, teach us to number our days. Teach us the brevity of life, how brief it is. Don't miss these moments. Even here at Fusion, we're young adults. We're not gonna be young adults forever. Enjoy this time, build some community. Be nice to people. Don't be so caught up in how your day was, in what you're stressed about, in the negative things in life that you can't enjoy, the experiences. This can be a mountaintop experience for you. You have people in here going after Jesus who want to connect with you, who want to support you. Sometimes we could just get so caught up in the wilderness that we're in that we can't enjoy the day. Enjoy the mountaintop experiences. But what we also learn from David is even in the valleys, Find comfort in God's presence. He says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. The darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That was a picture of a shepherd saying, I know if something comes, you can ah, kill it. So I'm not worried. Even though I walk through the darkest valley where I can't see anything, you're with me. 
you comfort me. Your presence comforts me. The fact that I know you can protect me comforts me. So even when you're going through low times, you can find comfort in God's presence. But understand that the place he's bringing you to will have valleys. It's just a part of life with Jesus. But you'll need him. And it's good to need God. Say, it's good to need God. It's good to need God. Good. Third point. The place that God brings you to will be one that he cares for and that he sustains. He said, it is a land the Lord your God cares for. He's not just bringing you to some halfway put together purpose. He's bringing you to a place that he cares for. God created the Garden of Eden and then placed Adam there. We see a great description of the Garden of Eden in Genesis where it's beautiful. It has these raging rivers, these trees, all this fruitfulness. He creates this whole thing and then places Adam there. He has a place waiting for you that he wants to place you in, a place that he cares for. It says it's a place that his eyes are on. He said it is a land the Lord your God cares for, and the eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to its end. That means all year, all day, every day, God is focused on that place. He's bringing you to a place that he's paying attention to. He's not just bringing it to you, bringing you to it and then leaving you over there like, okay, now glorify me. Have a nice day. No, he's bringing you to a place where he is, that he cares for, that he provides for. He sends the rain. It's a place that he cares for, and he cares for you, so he's bringing you there. And it's a place where you'll always have to remember that he cares for you, because you'll need him. Nothing's going to happen if he doesn't send the rain. Actually... In 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 2, says that is what the scriptures mean when they say no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. I could not have imagined where God was bringing me after walking away from that opportunity. Took me out of Egypt with the pyramids. It was lit. Where are you taking us? You're taking us through this wilderness. Are you even taking us somewhere good? Some of you guys are wondering if God is taking you somewhere good. And I'm here to tell you tonight, yes. If you are walking with Jesus, he is taking you somewhere good. He's faithful. He loves you. And no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and your mind has not even imagined the place that he's taking you to. But he wants you to know some things about it, that you're going to need him there. It's not like the place that you came from. It's not going to look like the place where you came from. It's not going to look like your old life. Some of you guys want old life 2.0. It's not that. It's different. That old person has to die. This is a new life. 
Anyone who's in Christ is a new creation, and God is bringing you somewhere new and somewhere good. But somewhere where you will have to be in relationship with him because that's what you need. That's not even what he needs. It's what you need. It's a place with mountains and valleys. It's going to have ups and downs, but it's a place that he cares for. So as we close tonight, as I mentioned, the main thing that I want anybody to walk away from this with is it's good to need God. He said, the place I'm taking you to is nothing like Egypt. And y'all thought Egypt was lit. It's not. Egypt, he swept away. Swept it away. And there's nothing really to show for it in comparison to what God can do. All those systems and stuff that they built, talk about it every now and then. so many of us are so focused on the past. That was one of the issues with the Israelites is they kept looking back to Egypt. And God is saying, the place I'm bringing you to is nothing like that place. It's a place where you're going to need me, but it's good to need me because I'm the one who can bring you what you need. I am an endless source of everything that you need. He has every single thing that you need. So if you are here tonight and you've been walking with Jesus, I would imagine that there is some point in your life, some area in your life where you struggle with this because I think we all do. It's super uncomfortable to be in need. But I want you to know that it's good to need God. And my call to you tonight would be to surrender in that area, to understand that he has what you need, to understand that he wants to give you what you need, to understand that he brought you to somewhere where you need him on purpose. Wasn't an accident. He didn't just take you out of a good place and put you in a place where you're in need to play with you. He's putting you in a place where you need him because that's the best place that you can be. So the worship team is going to lead us in a song tonight. I want us all to stand to our feet. Take some time to get with God about this. What is the area? Last week we talked about the different areas in our lives where it's hard to trust God. This week I want us to think about what area are we struggling with surrendering and realizing that he's enough Believing that he's actually going to do what he said he would do. Believing that he brought you to this place on purpose. It might be finances. It might be your career path. It might be your relationship or lack thereof. But God is bringing you to a place where you need him because he's everything that you need. So let's take some time to worship him and talk to him about it. And if you need to surrender, just put your hands up and allow him to do what he wants to do in your heart tonight. Lord, I thank you 
for bringing each and every person here for a reason tonight. I thank you that you have something that you've wanted to speak to each and every individual. And so, Lord, I pray that each and every individual in this room would receive from you what you want to give them tonight. That they would surrender the area to you where they're struggling to rely on you for the rain. Lord, we thank you that you're faithful to send the rain and that you put us in that place because it's good for us. So, Lord, I pray for softened hearts tonight, for receiving hearts tonight, God, and for people to understand that you are who you say you are and you will do what you say you will do. In Jesus' name, amen.